it's interesting how families are different and in the year 2021 when you talk about who's part of somebody's family the variety and diversity of the makeup of a person's family is completely different than when I was growing up. I come from a very traditional family. We had a mom and a dad. I had four brothers and one sister, and I am the youngest. So it was a family of eight, which is a big family. And I giggled because one time when I was in grade school, a teacher asked if I was Catholic. And I had no idea why she asked that because we were Lutheran and I didn't know what would give her that impression. I didn't really know very much about being Lutheran or being Catholic, so I certainly didn't think it had anything to do with the size of my family. And I went home and I asked my mom, why does the, te- why does the teacher think we're Catholic? And my mom said, oh, because we have a big family. And I think it's funny because while we did have a big family, because we were a family of eight, there was always somebody that had 10 or 12 or 13 or 14. You know, um, I guess we did know lots of Catholic families. And as it turns out, that was all about birth control, which like that took me a long time to figure that out because those were kinds of things that my mom didn't really discuss. But I will tell you that my faith has is credited, well, of course, to the Holy Spirit, but earthly credit definitely goes to my mom and my dad and my family. And so I think... That's part of the reason why I wanted to do my next series on family. Thanks for joining me. I am Chrissy Baki. I am the hippie Christian who cares. And family is important to me. And I think that sharing who I am and who my family is will give you a little bit of background as to who I am and why I do this podcast. And so my family consists of my mom and dad. Um, I have four brothers and a sister. And so my mom, Peggy, is probably the most beautiful human I know. And As I record this podcast, she is on daily hospice, and my heart definitely hurts to know that she won't be on this earth for much longer. But she has left such an impact on me, and if I can grow up to be half the human she is, I will be lucky. And so she is kind and gentle and funny, and friendly, and compassionate, and slow to anger, and just just a person who always walked her faith. And 
her story about becoming a Christian is definitely different than mine because I've always known Jesus because she knew Jesus from the moment she started having children and, and before that. But my point is that when she started a family, she knew that it would be a family that was raised to know who Jesus was. And so I can't tell you how much fun it was to have a mom who taught Sunday school and vacation Bible school and just, I don't know, just always made knowing Jesus amazing and fun and exciting and something to be so proud of and to share with others. And so super, super grateful to my mom for teaching me about Jesus. My dad was born into a family of Lutherans and remained a faithful Lutheran all his life. He was a Marine, and I'm guessing that being a Christian came in handy when he fought in Korea and in Vietnam. And I'm sure he thanked God many times that he survived two wars and was able to come home to a wife and six children. And his faith was super solid as well. And, you know, they always say that you can tell a, a person's faith by the fruit that they produce, you know, goodness and kindness and patience and, you know, all the good things that you see out of a person that is a Christian. And I think that was my dad. He he just walked his faith probably more than he talked it. But you just knew that my God, that my God, that my dad knew his heavenly father and believed and wanted all his children to also believe. And so they just made the most perfect couple that you could ever imagine. And honestly, that said, like they weren't perfect. There was definitely, they definitely both have their flaws, but you know, in hindsight, and when my dad lives in heaven and my mom's on her way, you know, all of a sudden I'm thinking that I had seriously perfect parents. My mom would probably be best described as the woman in Proverbs 31. She just had a lot of those same noble and um, virtuous, virtuous, I don't know if that's the right word, but just, she just absolutely served my dad and was like a stand-by-your-man kind of woman. And sometimes, sometimes I think to a fault and definitely not, but I'm not nearly as good of a wife as she was to my dad. So I probably have some lessons to learn there too. My dad, I don't know how to explain my dad because 
he's like a combination of a lot of dads. And I think of dads in the Bible and Jacob comes to mind just because, you know, Jacob had a ton of sons. So did my dad. My dad definitely had a little bit of a male chauvinist side. And I don't think he meant it in an ugly sort of way, but he just grew up in a man's world and with being a Marine and I don't know, just somehow it was a little bit chauvinistical, although he wanted us to do anything and be anything we wanted to be as it pertained to his daughters. So he was super supportive, but just interesting. Also Abraham, because, you know, Father Abraham and Abraham was amazing in terms of just his whole family. And I don't know, somehow it, that reminds me of my dad and Noah, um, mostly because there's a real interesting story about Noah um, having too much wine and, you know, his sons see him naked in his tent and it's a little bit of a problem. My dad didn't go around um, naked, but definitely liked to drink his beers. And he was a really functional drinker, which sometimes messes you up a little bit too. But um, yeah, I think it was probably when my mom would mix martinis for her and my dad and started to realize that my dad was liking him way, way too much. And so that kind of ended that. And after a while, my dad stopped drinking and that was probably for the best, but I'm not sure if he ever really believed that, that it was a problem. He just loved his wife. And so <laughs> that was that story and it all worked out and it makes us who we are. And in the long run, it makes us better. So my family definitely isn't perfect, but somehow in my brain, I like to think, boy, I have a really perfect family until I start talking about my siblings <laughs> and I'm giggling because I know, I know one of my siblings absolutely listens. And so she's probably my favorite. She is my only sister, but my first sibling, I should probably go in order. And so I have four brothers and let me just tell you, that is both a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing because you always have four bodyguards and four men who are willing to help you in a wide variety of ways. It's a curse because you also end up with for authority figures who always think they know more than you do and aren't afraid to tell you. And so my brothers are John, Fritz, Rob, and Eric. My brother John is nine years older than I am. And I think it's probably easiest to explain who they are by comparing them to somebody in the Bible. So my brother John, I would call most like the disciple John, who often is referred to the disciple that Jesus loved. Sometimes people even say he was the favorite. Well, John definitely definitely is the favorite in my family. 
according to my parents. Um, of course, how could he not be my mother's favorite? Because firstborn, firstborn son, um, long-awaited child, and the child that would probably help her the most when my dad was in Vietnam and just throughout life in general. So definitely my mom's favorite. And, you know, people say that moms and dads don't have favorites. They kind of do. We know it. And my dad, it was probably his favorite too, because again, firstborn, right? And on top of that, my dad's name is John and my brother's name is John. And yes, my brother was a junior. So of course you're going to love him the best. And so, um, John is classic, oldest child, super responsible, um, smart, um, but also edgy. You know, it's interesting because he definitely likes to poke the bear. He is definitely a Christian, but he is a little, I think, unorthodox is the word. He wants you to believe not because you listen to this podcast and think, oh, I love Chrissy. She's a hippie Christian and I'm going to believe too because she believes in Jesus and that's so awesome and cool and she's so happy and blah, 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 blah. I'm going to believe too. He wants you to believe not blindly, but through your questioning God and questioning the Bible and questioning the church and digging deep and coming to your own conclusions. So I don't know, maybe he's a little bit more on the um, logical side of things or the sciencey side of things. I don't even know. But at the end of the day, I know he loves Jesus and he has a heart of gold and I call him an M&M because, you know, definitely a hard shell, but, you know, melty chocolate on the inside. He's a real marshmallow, let me just tell you. And I'll probably be in lots of trouble if he listens to this. So I might have to divert him from it. But he is definitely a good guy and ended up following in my mom and dad's footsteps of clowning yeah, clowning. My parents were clowns and not professional clowns. They didn't technically do it for a living. My mom always thought it would be fun to be a clown. And she taught at Holy Cross in Delavan, Wisconsin, which is right across the street from the Wisconsin School for the Deaf. And the pastor at the time had her in a sign language class and knew of her faith, and she was good at sign language. So he said, hey, Peggy, would you come to Holy Cross on Wednesday afternoons after school and teach some of the deaf students that live there Sunday school? And so for 25 years, she did that. And one of the years, she thought it would be fun to be a clown for the end of the year's picnic and she did it, and she had so much fun, and so she became a Christian clown. And eventually my dad, who is hilarious, just a natural clown, he did it too. And later, 
many, 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 many years later, my brother John and his wife, Luann, would follow in their footsteps and become clowns themselves. And so I love this story about when my brother was in a parade and his clown name is Luther. And there was a child on the side of the road who was deaf and signing to the mom and the mom was speaking out loud and signing back and saying, you can wave at the clown, but the clown won't be able to talk to you because they don't know sign language. Well, lucky for this little boy, because my brother did know some sign language. And so when the kid waved and my brother saw that he was signing, my brother came over and signed something to the little boy. And like the mom was in tears, as was so many other people around. So as much as he likes to be a tough guy, he's pretty much a marshmallow. My brother Fritz I always compare to David. Um, Fritz is was always cute and fun and friendly and generous and somewhat of a partier. And I don't know, just he just seemed to have the um, the creative side of David, but also the leader side of David, and also maybe a little bit of the mischievous side of David as well. And so when I think of Fritz, he just, he has been generous all his life. I remember when I was in the Christmas play at church and I was Mary, my brother I think my brother worked at the mall. I think he worked at a restaurant at the mall and he bought me chocolate covered cherries because he was super proud of me. And that was just a gift that he gave me that was outside of a Christmas present or a um, birthday present or whatever. He also was um, just always so supportive of me and probably at one of the hardest times of my life when I was so poor and I had um, two children and I was single and feeling like the biggest loser in the world. Uh, he gave me a hundred dollars and I just remember how much that meant to me and how grateful I was that he cared enough about me to share that money with me. And there was countless times that he, you know, bought dinner and bought things for my children. And anytime he visited my mom and dad's with his wife and children, you know, there was always an abundance of treats and, you know, beverages and just, if he had it to give, he always gave it. And he also has a solid faith and shares it and shows it through his actions and his deeds and his kindness and loves to follow in my mom's footsteps in terms of sharing that kind of love to his grandchildren and his, before that his children and kids in his neighborhood and 
just an overall really good guy. My brother Rob, I compare to Samson because Rob is has always led a life off the beaten path and absolute man of God, guaranteed. Like this is somebody that definitely has a heart for Christ, but has definitely deviated and strayed and, you know, He's a recovering alcoholic addict, and um, I'm telling you, you tell a story, and Rob will always top that story with something crazier. And it's um, hard to know how much of it is true and how much of it he is just embellished, and I think he learned that from my dad and my grandfather. But funny and witty and always makes me laugh. And I just love the fact that whenever he comes around, he is his own person, unbelievably talented in terms of artistic, like he could draw your face. And so sometimes I call him like Goodwill Hunting, that movie, because I don't even know if he really knows how good he is and how talented he is because he hasn't always used it to his full potential. But when he does, it's amazing. And I just know that he too has that ability to serve others and is always willing to do what he can. Um, Unfortunately, he's been in about 4,000 different car accidents. I swear he's got like a target on his back. However, um, one was really, really bad and he thankfully survived and, but it definitely caused some permanent damage, including some brain damage. And so, um, that wit, um, sometimes his brain thinks faster than his, um, mouth can spew it out. And I, I get it cause I didn't even have a car accident that happens to me. But I'm telling you, his humor is pretty spot on and his dedication to family is big and his desire to stay sober for his family is absolutely makes me proud and he would help anybody in a heartbeat. He has some great um, stories about family that's not your biological family. And I say that because he lives in Portland, Oregon. And so when there were times that, you know, your family isn't around, there were other people that were around for him. And so it's a great story in terms of how sometimes family isn't just biological. I'll talk more about that in a different episode, though. My brother, Eric, I compare to Joseph. He's the youngest of the brothers. And even though Joseph wasn't necessarily the youngest, uh, sort of momentarily he was, but definitely picked on um, by the older brothers sometimes. But, oh my gosh, he was definitely had some rage in there that cracks me up. And he'd probably be mad at me for sharing that. But it's just true. My um. I think my dad or my mom called him Hondo, which pretty much means you're a hothead. And so 
But the Joseph thing is all of that was for God's glory and all of that would make him the person that he is today. Who's And he's extremely devout. I would probably throw him into conservative Christian and, you know, he lives in Texas, so say no more. I know that's stereotyping Christians in Texas, but just saying he's real by the book and I'm sure the hippie Christian in me probably makes him shudder a little bit, but I hope it also makes him think. And he's my go-to when I need somebody to pray and pray fast and pray diligently. Him and his wife are absolutely joined at the hip and make all their decisions together and are phenomenal in terms of a Christian couple. And he is also funny. Like, I really have a family full of people that are pretty funny. He makes me laugh in terms of sometimes his humor that absolutely goes to a naughty side when he's around his family. And then we get blamed by his wife. Like, he's never like this until he gets around you. Yeah, that's all on him. I'm just saying. Um, and I'm sure that probably comes from my dad. My dad sometimes didn't have a filter for some stuff and just let it out. And then we all laughed and it was great. And then my mom would be like, John, don't talk like that. Too late. It was already said and it was funny. Eric is also great with kids and I get giggling because he's actually pretty good with voices. He can do Mickey Mouse's voice and does a great cowardly lion and he's just funny and I always appreciate that being the youngest son I think he sort of understood how I felt just being the youngest and so that was always nice. He actually helped me with math. I am both grateful and almost not grateful that he taught me how to count math almost by dice. And when you look at, you know, when you count it by looking at dice. And so I find myself to this day, like thinking five and four and my brain looks at it thinks of a dice and counts it out. I know, probably like the worst way you can do math. But anyways, the the answer comes out right. So that's good. And those are my four brothers. Thank goodness my parents didn't stop there. So lucky for me and my sister, my mom wanted a slew of children and I think for sure hoped for a girl on her fifth pregnancy. However, I'm sure if they would have added a fifth boy, they would have been grateful to have a basketball team and happy either way. But I'm pretty sure she was absolutely thrilled when my sister was born. My sister was supposedly due October 31st and she wasn't born until December. So she was like six weeks late. And, you know, when you look back, you know, 50-ish plus years later, you know, doctoring and obstetricians didn't know all the things they do now. And so now they would never let that happen, but they did. And 
Susie was born and my mom was thrilled. And Susie reminds me of Mary in the Bible, not Jesus's mom, Mary, but Mary of Mary and Martha. And I say that because Susie absolutely would choose to sit at the foot of Jesus and listen. And she wouldn't, I wouldn't say that she would blow off doing the work because my sister's a super hard worker. It's just there are moments in time where something is more important. And I think that the desire to be in the presence of Christ would have appealed to her. And I'm probably more of more likely to get crabby because, you know, there's work to be done. And I think my sister is just absolutely smart enough to serve somebody in a way that is good for their heart and her heart and just the relationship build. She's excellent at building relationships. She's probably the best salesperson I've ever met in my life. She gets that from my dad and just super generous too. Like she's always willing to share anything that she has and help somebody else. She also is a recovering alcoholic addict and I don't out my brother Rob and my sister Susie by sharing that with you because, you know, in Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, you keep people anonymous. However, both of them are so willing to help somebody else achieve sobriety that they don't mind that I share their story. And Susie's is one with a lot of ups and downs. But I will tell you that her sobriety always is connected to helping others and is always connected to her faith and being grateful that by the grace of God, she is sober. And so, so, so proud of her. And she also is super funny. And the two of us can get laughing so hard and often at the most inappropriate times. I appreciate that she is my older sister because she's always sort of paved a way for me and always felt like, you know, any mistakes she made, you know, she made sure that I didn't make the same mistakes and somehow made me look better because I didn't make those mistakes. But at the end of the day, she was always able to just rise up from those ashes and become such a beautiful human being. So super proud of her and grateful to have her as my one and only sister. Family goes beyond just the family you were born into because then you grow up and you start your own family or at least start your life as an adult. And for me, I got married and had two children and then got divorced. And so 
my first husband was gay and that was in 1988 when all of this was brought into realization and it was crazy and difficult and sometimes I forget that it even happened but it did and it was awful at the time but I'm grateful because I have two children and I'm a better person and I'm also more compassionate and understanding because when you are connected to somebody that is gay it helps you understand it more and I feel like as Christians, we don't always approach homosexuality as compassionate as we should. These are people that are created by God, and we need to treat them as such. And sin or no sin, that's a whole nother podcast series. They are made in the image of God. And so I don't think at the time and at the moment I had as good of an attitude as I have about it now, but I can't help but not be grateful for that circumstance because it made me who I am. And it also gave me an opportunity to meet my husband who I've been married to for 30 years now, and that we would end up creating this family and it would become our family. Dean adopted my children, Jared and Susan, and so we all had the same last name. And most of the time, I just forgot that I had ever been married before or that their dad wasn't their dad. And so that's in the Bible too. We're going to talk about some interesting family dynamics in probably episode two. This is all about me and I'm telling you all about me because I want you to know that like I'm not the hippie Christian who cares because I'm perfect or righteous or holier than anybody else. I'm a pretty big broken mess and come from a family that has some broken humans in it and that we continue to learn and live by our successes and our failures and we continue to love God anyways, and God loves us despite it all. And so it's good stuff. So I love the fact that from my family of origin, I created a family. And from that, my family was added to with, um, a son-in-law and a daughter-in-law and now grandchildren. And I think if I had to pick my favorite members of my family, it would be hard not to pick six 
of these little tiny beautiful humans that have brought me so much joy. Like, oh my gosh, like I can't even express how much joy I have by having grandchildren. I loved all of my aunts and my uncles and my cousins. I have lots and lots of cousins that are beautiful, beautiful and amazing and talented and creative and smart and oh my gosh, so, so many things. And our family, it all comes back to faith and families that have always been built on the foundation of loving God. And because of that, I think that's what makes our family super tight. But if I called any one of my cousins and asked for help, they would help me and come to my rescue anytime. And I absolutely love that. And it makes me super excited. I also have to talk about the family I married into because that is a beautiful thing. And my father-in-law lives in heaven. And like that was painful only because he was like my biggest fan. Every, anything I did, he turned it into something so great. You know, I, I work for, uh, I serve art teachers for a living and I never really thought I was an artist because remember my brother Rob is a phenomenal artist. And so I just thought, oh, he's an artist and I'm not. And then I met, you know, 90,000 art teachers that said, of course you're an artist. And then I, you know, met a billion awesome vendors that, you know, wanted us to sell their product. And so I would be able to try all these fun markers and crayons and watercolors and acrylics and brushes. And so, uh, so I just started making art and my father-in-law would tell people I'm an artist and he practically told people that like I ran our business, which is completely not true, but he just was my biggest fan and I was so grateful. And I never realized that his family had a lot of steps and halves and, you know, families that, you know, just because his dad died young and his mom got remarried. And so he just never spoke in terms of my half brother or cousin or sister or anything like that or step anything because family is family. And I loved that about him and his um, wife, Irene, my mother-in-law, who makes me always think of Ruth and Naomi in the Bible because um, I will go where you go and I will follow your God. That's not the quote, but hopefully you know the story. And if not, sometime I'll share it with you. But Ruth is going to go with Naomi because they are because it is her mother-in-law and she is of the same faith. And the interesting thing is before I met my husband, I went to the same church as his parents. And so here I start dating their son and they go to my church. And so they, they were just awesome humans to start with. And then 
when I brought my children into their family with my husband, right from the get-go, they treated them as though they were blood-related and never talked about steps ever. And my father-in-law came with us when my husband adopted my children, and it was so much fun. And he was so super proud, and he loved the fact that my son would carry on his family name. And I think that's super cool. So my extended family is full of so many great stories of how families come together and how sometimes things don't always work out, but somewhere along the line, it, it does work out because it, it, it was, it happened and, and, and the things that happened make us who we are and make us the family that we are and helped us to always stick by each other and serve each other and serve God. It, you know, when it comes back to love God and love others. And I think for me, you start by loving God. And then, of course, you love your family. They're the ones that are in your life. And again, not everybody's family is like my family or, you know, is, is made up of the same dynamics. It reminds me of the very end of the movie, Mrs. Doubtfire. And if you have not seen it, watch the movie. It's Robin Williams, Sally Field. So good. It's just super funny and really touching and awesome about families and issues that can happen in a family. But at the very end, Mrs. Doubtfire, played by Robin Williams, um, his character is talking about families and he says, you know, you might have one mommy or one daddy, um, or, you know, maybe two families, maybe you're raised by an uncle or an aunt or in foster care or, you know, separate families or all over the country. But if there's love, that's the ties that bind and then you have your family in your heart forever and I love that because it it's so true. Families are so different. We're going to talk more about families in the Bible because I think it's really important to know that messed up families have been happening for a long, long time. And that families can also be not blood related. And I know that in my family, if you talk about Dee Dee or Jody or Joan, you would say, yeah, they're family or Wayne and Jolene, they're family. So there's been so many people that we would count as family because they are friends that act like family. And so hopefully that has helped you know who I am a little bit. And I know that this particular episode isn't necessarily filled with anything that's too inspiring, other than the fact that 
If you think your family is weird, you're probably right. If you think your family is super normal, perception is reality. And if you think your family is broken, we all are broken and we all have dysfunction in our family and dynamics that we wish we could change. But it is who we are and where we come from and what we do with it. And there is only one Heavenly Father who is perfect and loves us in a way that is all consuming and completely without asking anything in return. And so that is where we always fix our eyes on. So please come back and join me next week as we talk more about families. I'm excited to share some families from the Bible with you next week. If you think that there is a normal family in the Bible, you're wrong. I would love for somebody to prove it and show me what a normal family looks like because the biblical families messed up. And so we'll talk about those and I'm excited about it. Hopefully any of my family who has listened has appreciated what I shared and I love you all. And if you don't have a family, shoot me an email at thehippychristianwhocares.com and I will tell you how you are definitely part of my family because we are all members of Christ's family.